Hello. All right, so we are live, and let's just see. Um, typically, you'd wait. You'd wait around a bit, but um, I don't want to do that. Um, but I am happy that I've I've started this stream on time. Um, I have Teddy with me. I debated if he was going to uh, end up in the crate or whatever for this live stream, but I think he's he's. It's generally it's a little quieter tonight, so I'll keep him hanging around. And so yeah, thanks for tuning in. I'm actually it was it's actually been fun to get ready to do this. This is my podcast, and to do it live because. I typically don't, um, it's not live and I, 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 I've wanted to do it more, more of them live. I think I had a, I had a kind of a bad experience because, uh, when I started around the time the podcast started or before it, I had done some live streams and one of them worked. Okay, one of them was, I was actually supposed to do them once a month, a live stream. And one of them was a complete, the first one was like, I had a few friends and everything tune in. And then the I had like big tech problems. Like the frame rate was was going at like uh, two frames uh, a second or one frame a second. And then uh, I did one a month later where I had to set up all the stuff in the bedroom and that one um, didn't really, uh, um, I, I, I didn't feel really re- rewarded for the amount of work. I'm not talking about financial rewards, but um, the, yeah, I just, I had to lug all this gear into the other room and then to bring it back after. So I, yeah, I just, I got out of the habit of it because I was, I, I guess I started to focus more on the podcast afterwards. Uh, and then, and then that's been enough work as it was. So I, I kind of said, okay, live wasn't important, but I am kind of seeing why it's really nice um, to, to be live. And as I was saying, getting ready for this was kind of fun because like I have to get it ready. Everything has to be on, uh, on, on on par i mean yeah yeah and uh, you just everything's you, you get it ready it's out of the way and then it has to, and then you're live and that that's what it's going to be and then I'll, this will be record this is recorded for my it become my podcast but this is the 1 year anniversary of the podcast it started just about this um this month so uh in a year ago here, I, so I brought some tea in with me. This is a chamomile licorice tea that I I make myself now. I, I figured out how to get the raw herbs, and so I, I now make my own tea. And um, why, why did I talk about the tea? Yeah, it was one year anniversary. So just um, so just a little lay of the land of the show. Is it also coincides with with a release that came out um, 
this past Thursday, so it's also a way for you to be able to listen to the release. But I did also want to talk a little bit about what I've learned from doing um, doing a podcast. I mean, what, the way it worked was that I, I started it without really having a plan for like, okay, my podcast does this format and I stick with it. And over the past uh, year, it really changed around a lot and it changed so much that it, that it, it, it kind of did exactly what I think it, it needed to do from the beginning. Just, I wasn't doing it. And that is to play, to use a podcast as a chance to um, work on, work on new music and experiment with music. And I, it just took me a really long time to, to get there because I guess in my head I had all this dialogue that it's so much work to prepare a show and it definitely, it's kind of funny. It's like, it's, it's pretty much the same amount of work for me to play music as it is for me to research other music. Like one of the first episodes was on the a mini history of Hawaiian music because I'm interested in in the Hawa- in old Hawaiian records. So, and then the slide, and I use the pedal steel guitar. So, it was a really good project to to do that research and to do that episode. But uh, as I said, it was pretty much the same amount of work as me just kind of creating a new soundscape and working on that, which is what we've been hearing in in many of the last few months of shows is that I've really taken to doing more ambient music in the podcast because it's easier to prepare that sort of improvised method rather than saying I'm going to write a pop song this week for my podcast. Um, It's funny, I'm petting Teddy, so my arm is moving around. He's really, um, it's, it's unpredictable. Let's see if I can pull him up. Oh, he can be unpredictable um, in terms of like what what does he want to do? But he he should he should be on. He um, he he's pretty much over a year old, so uh, he gets his his spotlight on, and that's pretty much what he what he was doing anyways by um, coming at me down there is like he you know this is the funny thing about about the podcasts and stuff is is that he's been on the bed uh relaxing all day i took him out to throw the ball around a bit and he so he was relaxing all day but of course when i'm doing a podcast he needs to be the center of attention (laughs) Teddy's a min um, mini poodle, but he's so big that they call him a royal, royal or minois. Um. So yeah, I I was saying that uh, the the format of the podcast has changed a lot, and um, this show is actually because it's live. To make things easier on myself, as I'm not playing music, I'm I'm just playing the music. Uh, the and the the EP is called the way it begins is never the way it ends. And uh, so we're gonna yeah maybe we'll we'll start off by playing the first song I think that'd be nice to do. And so let's uh, let's see if I have this ready to go and and so there's gonna be some visuals but the, the 
and I'll talk a little bit about visuals in a second. Um, but yeah, you can, you don't have to, they're just the little video loops. You don't have to stare at those. Uh, so let's cue up this track. Okay, perfect. So this is the, this song is called The Day the Sun Hit My Retina. Elliot's Podcast. Yeah, so that was uh, that was an interesting song. It's it was actually supposed to be the the entire release was supposed to be that single, and I just it's it's a funny one. It's uh, 
I go back. I actually, at the moment, I, I think it's a good track, but I went back, I went quite back and forth with it. And, uh, it, um, I just couldn't, I, I, I didn't for a long time, didn't think it stood on its own, but I'll just give you some context about the process of how that was made is that I been using a lot more portable or multi-track recorder quarters lately that um just because i i've all i i know it's it's become a big a bit of a trend in the synth world where people use what they call a dawless setup meaning they don't use programs like logic or ableton live to to work on music it's completely free from all that and so i've kind of been headed in that direction but i don't really think of it as dawless because i come from uh, a world where I started with multi-track recorders. So um, so for me, it's more like a return to to my teenage years, kind of when I when I think about this process. And this song was really just kind of like it was it was maybe one morning or something where I said, I'm just gonna sit down and and write write slash record in a way that, um, just as as natural as possible, um, not pushing anything, not trying to do anything, not trying to be anyone, be anything, and so and that's this is the track that kind of came out. Originally didn't even have that guitar melody in it. That that came because I I put down this keyboard thing and then I walked away and and this melody came into my head and I went back and recorded it. And it's um. It's kind of like uh, I would my funny joke in my head about the song is is that it it it's something about it reminds me of fish, and I was sort of watching a documentary about Trey Anastasio around this time that I was finishing up the track and there were some kind of funny ideas I had in it because it 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 sort of sounds like a a a b a b side of a Trey side project like Trey has all these different projects. And I call it like a B-side, but also it makes me think of like what a band would play if they broke up for a while and then they got back together because that kind of is what happened with Fish. So th- this track, that track kind of sounds to me like we're getting the band back together type music. <laughs> and so it's, uh, but but the theoretical part is, is is because it's like it's kind of it's a little improvised and it's kind of ambient and it's kind of country i also have sort of indian scales in there it's like a major scale i don't remember which degree is altered like maybe the fourth or something i think it's the fourth mode of the major scale and so that's what gives it that that kind of indian Indian sound um, and I have a few tracks in that I had worked on in the past year or two that it's kind of mixes country music with Indian music and in and, and blues is definitely goes in there and there is a bit of you can always make a case for for that stuff because the blues is in a major scale um, and uh, or that if you're in a major blues, but the the big thing, the connection there is, is that the pedal steel guitar is fretless instrument, and the sitar is too. So, guitars and sitar. I mean, listen to the end of the name of the instrument. There, there's a lot of 
similarities. So I've kind of been working on a bit of this sort of fusion of Indian blues and country. And uh, there's another song in the kind of back catalog called Sadie Blue that's kind of unfinished. And it's it's very much it, it had that one actually has a sitar in it. All right, so let's uh, go on to the next track. This one is called Sandwiches. Uh, Sandwiches, Sandwiches is actually done a year ago easily. Yeah, it was, it was pretty much a year ago. And so I was more aggressively working on music before the podcast started. And I had a, like, there was even a phase where I had a weekly release schedule but I think when I moved into the current place that I'm at, that schedule got kind of altered and my, my studio really changed and it was hard for me to, to get comfortable musically here. And so the sandwiches was near the tail end of the weekly. They were really SoundCloud releases. And some of them were kind of in flops. Like I know of one that was just really bad. And I felt like I was pushing the weekly release schedule, I, I felt like it was a bit too much because I had to, I kind of was forced to put out some flops and I wanted to stop that. So I moved to a monthly release schedule, but Sandwich has never made it. Uh, it slipped through the cracks. Yeah. And so it's, this one's really different than the last one we heard. It's very upbeat and I'll talk a bit about the process for that uh, when it's ready to go. So let's, let's hit up Sandwiches. Thank you. 
This is the Sandwiches, very hot track. Uh, yeah, that one was definitely... Well, for, for, first of all, by the way, I have to say, when that was streaming, the my YouTube thing said that it detected a copyright uh, error, um, potential copyright. Now, if that is true, it and if it did interrupt the stream, that means it detected my own music my from my own keep in mind my music is connect now connected to this channel so um my my youtube channel has all my music in it that uh, for youtube music is it's all connected and so i thought it'd be really funny if it did if it indeed has detected a copyright error and and if it interrupted my stream of my own music and I, it kind of reminds me of a, a joke I've had in my head about the future of copyright and music licensing is that just the way everything's headed is that 
if like I, the joke I have in my head is like a a guy and a girl are, are having a date night and he puts on Barry White and like uh, the track Let's Spend the Night Together or something and um and then like a Siri voice comes on a voice assistant and says sorry you do not have the rights to play this track <laughs> and it cuts the music out that's so I I thought it'd be if, if that happened to me that I thought that was pretty cool but or or annoying too I think co- copyrights can be really cumbersome um so sandwiches it it kind of highlights the it highlights the the that each three each song on this three track release is had had a different unconventional workflow in it and this one was very was somewhat similar to the previous one in that it was made on a multi-track recorder and there is you you might be able to hear it if you listen again that I couldn't change like the the basis of that track is the drum machine and and the synthesizer they were they were on they were the the first tracks recorded and they were done together and so they don't they don't move to another key like they don't switch chords or anything because it's it's like a a synthesizer uh sequence it's like do 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 like that kind of thing and then but then i i started to track some guitar or something and at some points i try to move it to a different like maybe the four chord like the next chord and but because i'm on a multi-track recorder and it doesn't really um indicate when the when like bar 32 is finished or 16 you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants so you it actually you can hear it in that song where like I'm kind of like a, a a poorly rehearsed band because I don't know when the like I I, I overdubbed bass I overdubbed a lead guitar rhythm guitar and uh, it just kind of came together really fun it was really raw and I I really it, it's it really is the sort of in the pocket of what I I think is exciting music for me to to work on and release especially if I am going to do electronic music I I never really liked the cookie cutter approach to like the EDM style I mean when I was younger it wasn't called EDM it just made house music and deep house and all that but there was already becoming a, a culture where you you went into your your sequencer and you just like copied and paste stuff and so you could see the grid of like 32 bars and then you'd have to break down and the the reason for that is actually very practical the DJs needed that and and they need the structure because it helped them string together a set of music but for me to be doing a lot of that stuff now just doesn't make sense and it doesn't really fit with my more more of my my vision is is really the idea of you know it's funny I referenced fish in the last uh, segment is that it it is sort of like creating a jam band of electronics of my own work and and I do see the music as a as a form of exploration and you never know what will come out of of each track and that's what came out of sandwiches is um 
raw energy and I have a I have one or two more in in that portable recorder that's a Tascam machine that are kind of in that ballpark it's it really is experimental music like I know that term is uh is probably overused it's not very specific to anything but I think when you have like this fast techno drums and you have like funky guitars like let's please let me use the word experimental music I, I think I deserve it on that one and the way it ends it breaks down in like like um the synth and what's happening is I'm tweaking the synthesizers and making it kind of fall apart and then so uh, accordingly the guitars start to do some kind of dissonant work so yeah that was that's good I hope I, I can do more of that in the future um all right so this is the this last one is called The Universe Always Expands Left. All right, so let's get that going.
Yeah, so that one was actually done for my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Feinberg. And it was an exclusive sort of release. And excuse me, I just got it. Actually, I don't need to use that anymore. It was an exclusive for the patrons. And it's... Um, it actually, the, the beginning of it was built out of a, of some guitar that I played on the podcast when I started doing the podcast in music form. I was playing guitar in my room in an earlier version of, of that stuff and I, of these performances and I then took it and I kind of made a little remix of it in the computer. So this one is also falls under the category of of unconventional process for for working on music because I took like something that I did live and then I just redid it and I also did not work with any kind of template of bars and beats in arrangement it is very much improvised after the fact and I would say it, it definitely has a uh, a, a little bit of a nod to kind of gospel uh, piano. You know, in my case, I play electric piano, and just kind of strong piano playing <laughs> is. I mean, I'm not saying I was strong. I, I'm saying that the the chords are very uh, big and definitive. I'm I'm not trying to say I'm a strong keyboard player, and so. I mean, on that track, the keyboards are are okay, but um, I think you get the gist of what I, I'm talking about. But that was, and then and then the kind of it, it is a bit of a you hear like this echo sound that kind of takes it through. So that one's definitely experimental as well because of that. Um, you know, there's just this this weird soundscape and i i think what i like about it is is that uh if i'm you know i've been working on a bit of ambient music for not not a bit quite a bit of ambient music for we're going on uh two to three years now and it's been i i get new uh perspectives on it as you start to to work on it and make it and i think there's quite a polar there's quite a polar divide in the world of ambient music because there's a lot of it is is very much uh, if a song has the tag ambient on it it could very well end up sounding like a spa sound and which comes from the new age stuff from the eighties. And so ambient is going through a world where, uh, of, of redefinition. And I think as we listen to younger and I'm not young, um, but younger producers takes on it. And the, you know, also some, there's quite a few Japanese names that I've, I've kind of been cluing into that they they were listening to sort of the redefinition ambient because of the world of drone music and these kind of really ethereal soundscapes and I think some of them are really nice because you 
you can really get lost in these soundscapes. Whereas with classic new age ambient music, I don't think you can because it almost has a lot more similarity to classical music where the music is moving around quite a lot and you can't really, your, your brain can't turn off as much. So, um, but I do, I've worked on a bit of ambient now more recently where I'm willing to bend what would be conventional and, and, and that's where you throw in a bit of the world of noise and dissonance and and if anything it's it starts to dip into the world of jazz and ambient jazz is sort of I guess where that track is is headed but uh, or the direction you know I think a lot of my my music as you can hear from these three tracks they're all fairly different Uh, my music has different directions that it can go in and I don't know where I'm going um the job for me is to just, if I can, is to work on it. And then it, it kind of becomes uh, defined as you move along. But the I, I will admit that there was, up until now, and probably continuing, is that I have, I, I have two sort of mini record labels that I release music under. And... Um, one is Infinity Waves, and that was originally designed to be quite spacey, ambient sounds for for specifically like relaxation and and or doing work and meditation and flow state. And then, but it, it didn't end up really going that way. And then the um, the other one is Don Quixote, um, which. I think that came about after I was traveling around Europe that the name for that concept and the the that side of things is more funky music, weird music. Like a track like Sandwiches is definitely Don Quixote. Um and the uh, I will tell you now because I I won't probably won't be able to tell the story many times because it just won't come up but uh, Don Kishon was originally that I wanted to have a pseudonym, which was Don Kashinsky, where I would be like a folk singer named Don Kashinsky. And then um, and it sounds like a normal Jewish guy. And then the but the inside of that name would have been embedded the words Don Kishon, which, as you are probably well aware, that means thank you in German and so anyways the dunk so that's sort of the origin of why there's a label called Dunkashon and so on if you look on Spotify where it, sh- it shows you the record label if you see my tracks that are funkier or weirder they go under Dunkashon and then if they're stri- like specifically ambient then they're infinity waves but this release is weird because there's three tracks and the middle of it is is funky the last one is in between the two <laughs> It's ambient and weird, and the first one, the first one is also not strictly what the Infinity Waves was started out as, because it's, it's almost as I said, it almost sounds like a bit of a band playing, so that meant that this release was under Don Cachon, and so it's called "The Way It Begins Is Never the Way It Ends," and I guess that just sort of, it's a bit of a nod to like process, and how. 
like I never know what's what's going to happen when I when I do this stuff and and as I said at the beginning of this show is that I didn't even know that there would be three tracks um I thought it would be one one track release but it wasn't working as a one track release so it just changes and I think that I I really I really hope that whatever I whatever I share and whatever I I'm doing can be of slight inspiration to people is that it's it's a process that you have to just uh just go through and i i don't know what people are working on in their own thing but i've i've found it and we're looking back excuse me at one year of of the podcast as i as i said before it's like it started out in one way I was going to talk about music stuff and and music history, and then uh, and then uh, and then there was a period where I I sat down in my room and I just talked for an hour and and uh, and then I started to play music in that room and then I moved into this room where I have all my stuff set up and that's I built a little mini setup that's why this microphone is now on a on a boom stand. Like it just, everything has gone through this iteration and, and I think there's a tendency for us to want to plan things before we do them and say, okay, this is how I, I'm going to do it. And then you not, you don't end up doing it because you, you're planning too much. And I've, I've found that with a lot of this is it's better to just, you know, to, to, to do it in a way which is something that I now called uh, dr- you working in draft mode. And what that means is is that we're often, when we sit down, we get writer's block, in my case, producer's block, because we're worried that this is, is going to sound like this, and then I'm now going to be this person, my identity is going to change. And so we end up not really wanting to do anything. It's much more appealing for me to eat an apple and sit on my iPad in the kitchen rather than to to sit in this chair and do the heavy lifting. But if you think of everything as in draft mode, um, like for example, this is a this has been a live show. Um, you might think, well, in that case, it's not draft mode. You're you're live. I've actually now convinced myself that even a live show or anything live is also a draft mode because. It's a process for the next time I go live. Every time you do this, you learn something. So that's been kind of helpful in that. In like this release, um, the way it begins and never the way it ends, is a draft for my next <laughs> release, which is probably coming from the same pool of energy in my brain. Is in is that um, it's a continual, like it's it's never finished even though when you put it up online you you get worried that it's this is me this is everything i am anyway so th- that release is out now and it's on um bandcamp as you get a little ebook so if you go to elliotfeinberg.com slash the way t h e w a y the way that will take you to the release on bandcamp and it includes a little uh, the uh, an ebook called the little book of fears which is really four little pages it just um i i wanted to like liner notes i didn't really 
this is kind of liner notes because the the release had a lot of I had to get over a lot of fears to to finish this one and so that there's that little ebook with it and then it is also available on streaming but you don't get the ebook with it so it could be fun to think in the future how can we make uh, the streaming versions of these songs have something in it maybe an extra track that's just talking I don't know because Streaming doesn't have you, as you're well aware, there's like no information about the release. So I'm hoping that like uh, this podcast and this and, and the ebook and, and stuff, it, it gives a bit of depth to uh, what is fairly flat, which is uh, digital files of music. But uh, I hope you I hope you enjoyed them and 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 getting a bit of an extra glimpse into them and then i hope um, i hope you enjoyed uh this podcast and i I thank you for for listening if you know one year of doing this it's been a great experience and i always tell people and i tell you that like it's if you're ever one if you're if you ever want to work through something i think podcasting is one or or youtube channel it's one of the best things you, you'll come up against all your fears and you will you will see them firsthand at, or t- you could do a TikTok now <laughs> um, but but if you are going to use like a Instagram TikTok uh, to to tackle your project or whatever it is you better be ready to do it consistently you can't do it like once a month um, whereas a podcast maybe you could do it once a month but um, these micro services, they really, they, you could, uh, I'm getting off topic here, but you could do something once a month for TikTok, but you would have to cut up the video into like, um, 30 little <laughs> videos that are seven seconds each. Um, uh, but yeah, thank you for listening and yeah, we'll see you soon. Okay. Take care and, uh, enjoy your week. Alrighty. Bye-bye now.